Hey guys, welcome to today's discussion. We're going to be going into the world archetype, uh, which is, uh, according to Ra, the great way of the spirit. So uh, last discussion, we did the great way of the mind, uh, which was a chariot. So a good follow-up would be uh, great way of the spirit. And then at some point, we'll go over great way of the body and that. So um, it's, it's really good to tie all these in together and how they function together. Uh, and with the world card, I'll be going into not only what Ross says about it, but also um, how it's functioning in our everyday life and, you know, how we learn from this archetype from others, as well as how we teach from this archetype uh, to others as well. And then um, there's only a couple of points on this and then we'll go into uh, the category of teach learning. And when I was doing this on my own, it was, they do kind of tie in together because once we kind of embody that world archetype, it's us coming back to the world with all of this knowledge. Um, and then we do kind of find ourselves in a, a, a teaching uh, position. So, um, so let's get into it. So this is um, session 80, session uh, question 21. I would guess that the 21st archetype, which is the world, would represent the contact with intelligent infinity. Is that right? Ross says, yes, this is correct. Although one may also see the reflection of this contact as well as the contact with intelligent energy, which is the universe, as you have called it, somewhat uh, provincially the world. So, uh, Ross saying basically that, yeah, you call it the world, but, you know, in, in all reality, this is intelligent energy. This is the universe. So making contact with uh, intelligent infinity, um, <clears throat> this is uh, the universe, basically. And the universe lives inside of ourselves, uh, individually and collectively. Uh, so moving on to session 80, question 22. Uh, then, by this contact, also with intelligent energy, could you give me an example of what this would be for both? For the contact with intelligent infinity and energy. Could you give me an example of what type of experiences this would result in, if that's possible? Umra answers, this shall be the last query. Okay, we have discussed the possibilities of contact with intelligent energy. For this energy is the energy of the Logos, and thus it is the energy which heals, binds, I'm sorry, builds, removes, destroys, and transforms all other selves as well as the self. So this is contact with the Logos. This is contact with uh, the Creator. This is contact with all that is, all these things. The contact with intelligent infinity is most likely to produce an unspeakable joy in the entity experiencing such contact. If you wish to query in more detail, we invite you to do so in another working. Okay. Okay. So making, you know, uh, being able to con embody this archetype, um, Typically, in a sense, what they're saying is that would basically result in an unspeakable joy, uh, just a feeling of joy and bliss and 
um, and, and this type of mind frame. So uh, whether it be a meditation or an experience in your everyday life, uh, that type of thing. Um, I do want to go into, you know, how is this, you know, how do we embody this? You know, we, we embody this in the moment by in that one moment recognizing that we are one with the creator we are um and and presenting that to the world also uh in everyday life though it just means a recognition that in that moment we're all teaching and learning at the same time all of us and um even if it's just a general conversation with somebody but you know you take focus on the fact that even just a general conversation about somebody's day you you are taking the time to during that conversation reflect on your own responses and what the correct response would be and your feelings too taking into account you know your emotions that you're either projecting or you're controlling um, as well as possibly giving advice, that type of thing. So just recognizing that you are one with creator and embodying that. Um, trying to think if this is actually right. Okay, so I just talk a little, a little bit about the great way, but it goes into you know, how it uh, kind of correlates with the significator, right? Uh, so, the use of Tau in the architect's query is indeed intended to suggest the proximity of space-time, of the Great Way's environment to time-space. Okay, we find this observation most pres uh, perspective. The entire mood, shall we say, of the Great Way is indeed dependent on its notable difference from the significator. The significator is a significant self to a great extent, but not entirely influenced by the lowering of the veil. So um, I, was, I was reading around here last night and somewhere else it was saying, you know, um, the end, the end to go, right? Like we, we almost would think that that would be considered lowering the veil. Uh, oh, it was going into the, how each ray is, is correlated inside of us and our inner work in that. Um, again, we almost assume once we kind of activate that indigo array and start working from there that it's, it's, it's the lowering of the veil, but actually it, it was, you're almost there, but you're not quite there. It's, it's the violet ray that really is the, uh, the lowering of the veil and that. So in your violet ray is all about your service to self or your service to others. And it also is a, a culmination of the, the sum vibration of all the others. So it includes your whole being of, of who you are. So, and, and connecting it with the, the world archetype or the universe archetype, I should say, is, you know, you, you've learned all this stuff on your journey and now you get to present it to the world, but how are you going to do that? Um, and uh, the 22nd archetype, Ross says, is was their version of the choice. Um, so that is just another step on to uh, the journey that um, we have to make sure that we're doing our inner work and that we're doing making choices appropriately to the path that we have chosen, which is service to self or service to others. So um, quite interesting and um 
I mean, I hope you guys understand that in a way that is efficient for you. Um, let me go into love one teaching. Make sure that it's getting my. Yep. Okay. I did want to add to, you know, it's, it's, um, talking about, you know, the worlds and it comes after judgment. Okay. So the 20th archetype is, is judgment. And this is all about judging ourselves in the moment. It's just to make sure that we are really not the ones projecting and we are really not the ones lying. And we are really the ones that are really trying to be honest um and uh or we are really the ones trying to be kind so it's almost judging our our own actions and making sure that in each moment we can be the best version of ourselves and the, the best version of ourselves is that uh that kind loving honest generous um person so uh, you know always telling the truth and um uh offering kindness and advice whenever we can but also putting into free will of the other person the other self and not uh, you know invading their own boundaries as well as keeping our own in that so i guess it's a lot harder than what i make it sound like but <laughs> especially being in the moment uh you know that i'm still working on that too i mean there's times where i'll 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 just project something and then immediately though or most of the time immediately i'm like ah i was doing it again like i had a, like a second to think about it so then i can go back and uh correct it with what i feel is more appropriate or what's best for everybody in that situation but we all have traumas and we all have things and we all have um uh all of this none of us are perfect but we're also perfect you know according to creator you know uh christ energies whatever you want to call it but um i think it's a matter of us uh recognizing our own faults see that's that's the judgment archetype as well as deciding whether or not it, if it is you then you need to say it's you it wasn't really me that was projecting this time um instead of me just or us just blaming others for their own projections well you know i we've all got our own projections we all are we all have these things and we're all doing it um but i guess the difference in embodying that path that you have chosen for yourself service to self or service to others do we offer ourselves the opportunity to go in and correct these things that we are doing and that is mental discipline that is in our work so i hope that makes sense so another um uh, this is an entire category on love1.info i found it rather interesting and it does tie into the world because again as i said earlier once you kind of learn about this archetype and how it works and we're also getting lessons from others that are embodying this archetype that really well they might have a clue i don't know but most of the time not that they're they don't know that they're embodying specific archetypes so or if that's not their belief then that's fine um but you do kind of find yourself in a position where you are doing uh the teaching and um, I spoke about it a little bit last time and gave the example of, you know, uh, 
parenting in that because this is where I was finding it was most applicable in my own life since I am a parent. Um, and but it, that's just a great example of it. That doesn't mean that this only happens whenever you're parenting your children. This happens in everyday life. So uh, it's just I think once you get to uh, a point where you are willing to do that judging of your own self and, and doing your own mental discipline to make sure that you are not the problem, um, then it kind of evolves into this, I've learned the lessons, now I teach them kind of situation. So um, this is talking a, bit, a lot about that. So let's go into it. This is the very first uh, session, question 10. Um, they're asking a lot about how can we help others evolve? How can we offer the opportunity for others evolve to this fourth density positive state? Um, and they explain it very well as far as not to invade in free will, etc., etc. So Don asks, is it possible to create any acceleration of understanding in other entities uh, or all efforts? Efforts by the individual on himself accelerating his understanding. In other words, if an individual tries to act as a catalyst in general to increase the awareness of planetary consciousness, is he doing nothing but acting upon himself? Or is it possible something? And I really wish I knew what they were saying. <laughs> so, but this is this is where they ask, you know, if an individual tries to act as a catalyst, like we become that catalyst for others at, cert at a certain point is what he's asking. And, and Ra gives a really long answer, but it's very important to go over it, I feel like. Um, so if I lose you at any point in time, um, yeah, then then please ask the question. So, uh, and and Craig, yes, I certainly will go over that again. Um, so, raw answers. You must understand. Firstly, you must understand that the distinction between yourself and others is not visible to us. Yeah, and they say this a few times in the law one. You know, we can't. We don't see you as separate entities. We see you as all one entity acting on their own accord. Uh, we do not consider that a separation exists between the consciousness raising efforts of the distortion which you project as a personality and the distortion which you project as an other personality. Thus to learn is the same as to teach unless you are not teaching what you are learning. In which case you have done you and them little to no good. So it's really important to uh, for us to go in. Uh, and just like I mentioned before we started recording that it's, I kind of base, or I try to base some of these discussions on the lessons that I myself have learned over the last week or two or what have you. So, and then I find a way to understand it and to go in and uh, teach you guys. This understanding should be pondered by your mind-body-spirit complex as it is a distortion which plays a part in your experience at this nexus. So, uh, to turn the second part of our response, we may stay our understanding limited though it is. And this paragraph here, I'm not going to get into. It's basically, you know, the transcribing of the session. So. 
Group individuated consciousness is that state of sharing, understanding with other distortions of mind-body-spirit complexes, which are within the evident reach of the mind-body-spirit complex, individual, or group. Thus, we are speaking to you and accepting both our distortions and your own in order to enunciate the laws of creation, more especially the law of one. We are not available to many of your peoples, for this is not an easily understood way of communication or type of philosophy. However, our very being is hopefully a poignant example of both the necessity and the near hopelessness of attempting to teach. So group individuated consciousness is at state in sharing understanding. Sharing understanding. Sharing understanding. Uh, Rob wanted us to go in and uh, discuss our ideas of each and really kind of uh, bounce ideas and understandings off of each other. I know when I listen to, you know, uh, Mike and them guys do their uh, love discussion, love one discussions. It's like I, I fill in the gaps of my own distortions. I get some of it and then I, I hear others speak of it and it's like I fill in where my distortions were lacking or ganging and so on and so forth. So it's, it's good for us to get in here and, and discuss these things together and, and that. So when I do not expect anybody to take my distortions as, as pure fact, like you're going to get out of it how you understand it. So, um, and I think they actually say that in this next one. I think I might've just given you a, a spoiler unintentionally. Each of these in this group is striving to use, digest, and diversify the information which we are sending this instrument into the channels, which is Carla, into the channels of the mind-body-spirit complex without distortion. Okay. Um, so I think what they're saying is, you know, they the this group that they had, you know, had the least amount of distortion. So, um, and I think the the earlier sessions of this is an earlier session that you talk about how they, they looked for a while because they really wanted to find a group that understood it with the least amount of distortion. Uh, as if, you know, just like in Egypt, whenever they were really trying to give the information there, it just got hugely distorted. So then they kind of had, this is why they were coming back because they wanted to kind of fix, fix those distortions. Um, the few whom you will eliminate by sharing your light are far more than enough reason for the greatest possible effort. Because uh, I think they were they were asking about writing the actual books of the Law of One. So, and they were asking, Ra, is this appropriate for us to do that? Well, you know, and basically they're saying, you know, if it, if it helps a few or even one, you know, to serve one is to serve all, they say, you know, if it helps even one, then, then go for it. You know, uh, it's the best thing to do is to share your knowledge of seeking the creator and, and your experiences along the way. Uh, therefore, we offer the question back to you to state that indeed it is only activity worth doing to learn, teach, or to teach, learn. There is nothing else which is of aid in demonstrating the original thought except your very being. 
and the distortions that come from the unexplained, inarticulate, or mystery-clad being are many. Thus, to attempt to discern and weave your way through as many group mind-body-spirit distortions as possible among your peoples in the course of your teaching is a very good effort to make. So, basically, they spent, like, two whole paragraphs on saying, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, but I do like the way they describe things and their descriptions. So, um, But this goes along with us doing our stuff as well. Um, those out there uh, teaching, whether it's just, you know, engaging in a general conversation with somebody and somebody who's asking you advice, just engaging in what you know from experience and how you've dealt with it or what you know to be a morale way or help others find their own morale way. You know, what we feel is moral may not be moral for somebody else. It just depends on the unique situation and, um, you know, so on and so forth. A lot goes into it. So fourth density is intense because all those get taken into uh, consideration, I think. So uh, if it's, if, if I, if we're all, having this deep of a connection already and we're not even there yet to uh the uh entrance the specific entrance to fourth density positive then i can only imagine you know how much more intense this is going to be and that is something that we gradually gradually need to get used to so i think this is why now there, there's allowed to be a transition time so, um, we will go into this next one here. Okay. I'm guessing that there are enough people who under, who would understand what you are saying. Okay. Interested enough for us to make a book of communications with it. And wondered if you were free with us, us making a book. You guys, I'm going to give you guys another spoiler. Okay. And if so, I was thinking that possibly a bit of historical background in yourself would be in order. Okay. The possibility of communication, as you would call it, from the one to the one. Okay, so that's raw to, you know, Carla or just any one of us to um, somebody that's, that's taking any kind of knowledge or downloads or anything like that. Through distortion acceptable for a meeting is the reason you have contacted this group. There are few who will grasp without significant distortion. That which we communicate through is connection with this mind-body-spirit complex. However, if it be your desire to share our communications with others and we have the distortion towards a perception that this would be most helpful in regularizing and crystallizing your own patterns of vibration upon the levels of experience which you call life. So... Ross saying, hey, you got to get your own stuff in order first. Like, you have all, you do have distortions and you do have this and this and traumas and all this other stuff going on. Um, so it would be most appropriate to work on our own self first and then go out and um, uh, show others what you have learned. Because they say if one is eliminated, are, are not all illuminated. It just is a one 100 monkey effect. You know, if we work on our own self, 
than others, then we're going to be radiating that out. You know, others around us are going to notice that something has shifted and kind of uh, grasp, it will hopefully grasp, you know, the motivation to work on their own selves. Or if we're teaching what we're learning about working on our own selves, you know, sometimes it happens unintentionally where I find myself well, this and this, telling people this and this and that, this, I've had that issue before, this and this and this, or asking them, you know, what do you feel like your, your intuition is telling you? And that's kind of offering the opportunity for them to uh, go into that, that high priestess archetype, which is our intuition. So it's offering them, it's prompting them by asking a certain, by asking a simple question, like, what does your intuition tell you? Then they are allowed that opportunity to embody that intuition and explain um, what their intuition is telling them. So, um, therefore, we are oriented towards speaking for you in whatever supply of speakingness that you may desire to teach, learn is the law of one and most and one of its most elementary distortions. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. This is really a really good one. So this is, you know, once you kind of embody that, that teaching role uh, or recognize that you've been the teacher all along, you just really haven't I put too much focus on that. So I know for a while I was so focused on learning everything. And then it was like, and unintentionally, I didn't realize until later that, I was teaching <laughs> so I mean we're all we're we're doing both all of the time it just kind of I think it shifts back and forward so by teaching somebody else something um we're also learning how to embody this role or that role or we're also learning boundaries by telling somebody no we're learning boundaries but then we're teaching them uh, a lesson of uh, free will, you know. Um, so it's it's roundy, roundy, all the time. Um, so this is session seventeen, question two. Is it possible to help an entity to reach fourth density level in these last days? Uh, Ross says it is impossible to help another being directly. It is only possible to make catalysts available in whatever form. The most important being the radiation of realization of oneness with the creator from the self. Less importantly being the information we share with you. So, um, so yes, we can't really, we can't help others. It's up to them to make the change, like that spark of change and that spark of will and that spark of motivation really has to happen internally with everyone, me, you, uh, your neighbor, your cousin, your mom, your friend, that they, they really need to have that spark within. That is the whole point. Illumination from within for everyone. Um, it does say it's only possible to make catalysts available in whatever form. Okay. The most important being the, radi the radiation of realization of oneness with the creator from the self. So realizing and having that realization in the moment or over time, um, specifically in the moment though uh, that we are one with the creator 
and we are teaching and learning and discussing within ourselves the moralities of, of response that we would give or what this feel what we feel like this person would need and there's empathy happening with this uh you know what does this what do i feel like this person needs this person needs the question of what is their intuition telling them is what's the answer and that's all happening within um that is a catalyst itself that is a catalyst within itself we ourselves do not feel an urgency for this information to be widely disseminated it is enough that we have made it available to three four or five this is extremely ample reward for if one of these obtains fourth density understanding due to this catalyst then we have fulfilled the law of one and its distortion of service so um we encourage a dispassionate attempt to share information without concern for numbers or quick growth among others so you know don't worry about you know getting hundreds of likes and views and whatever or gathering as many people as you can in a sanctuary or uh wherever it is that you're trying to teach at you know don't don't focus on that if one person just sits and listens then you fulfilled your your mission you have fulfilled the law of one like you are teaching it it is up to that other self that other person to take that information in and there is their free will if they choose to uh internalize it or not um yeah the attempt if it reaches one then it reaches all because that's how the collective mind works we cannot offer shortcuts to enlightenment. Enlightenment is of the moment. It is an opening to intelligent infinity. It can only be accomplished by the self for the self. Another self cannot teach enlightenment, but only teach information, inspiration, or sharing of love, of mystery, of the unknown that makes the other self reach out and begin the seeking process that ends in a moment. But who can know when an entity will open the gate to the present? The present, the moment, the present. I'm telling you, that is the absolute key. That is what I found is working, at least with me. Um, and I, I really tried to express that not only here, but with my family and friends and others. You know, the more we are at, at, in touch with ourselves in the moment, it's like a whole thing opens up. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, it can get rather intense sometimes, as I said. Um, sometimes I wish I can shut it off. <laughs> and but then I then it is shut off sometimes, and then I regret that it was shut off. So it's a learning process for everyone, and everyone has their own processing discernment involved. So. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Craig has said, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk, basically, 100%. Um, in fact, Matthew, uh, in the Bible, Matthew 5, you know, there's a part in there where he says, hey, if, if you can teach it all you want, but are you actually embodying that? So if I go out and teach that the people need to be eating uh, or should be eating um, uh, healthy foods and organic and growing it yourself and uh, this and that. And then I go to Burger King and order myself a couple of cheeseburgers and fries. You know, that doesn't look good. I mean, I, in my own thoughts, I would love to go someone to someone, a counselor or a friend or whatever for advice on something that is embodying that because they know the experience and they're doing it. So, 
Um, yeah. Uh, Margie, unless I missed it again, what is the difference? Oh, yeah, yeah I'll go over the, the Violet Rain to go right thing here again in just a bit. So, yes, yes. Um, so, again, I'm, I'll reiterate the importance of being in the moment with yourself, how connected you are in with yourself, and how in the moment throughout the day, uh, do you recognize that you are one with creator and that it was every single experience? If someone says hi to you, I mean, that is an experience and you have a choice, an opportunity to say hi back. You have an, a, an opportunity to say hi back really joyfully and wave at them and, you know, or you have an opportunity to be like the Bahambug Ebenezer Scrooge and be like, hi, you know, and that affects people, you know, because then... If I uh, take the latter route, then they are thinking, is she mad at me? Did I do something or this and that? Or they could be thinking, gosh, you know, they're just so negative, this and that. So it, it's important for us to embody that in the moment. So and recognize that our thoughts and our actions have a huge impact on people. And we should always be coming from a, a place of love and joy and respect um, but also keep that balance of our own boundaries and respect and we can do so kindly, you know, you know, um, and that, so, uh, it, it, there's just a, a huge balance. So, um, and so this is kind of where they go into using the, the parenting as a an example of teach learning, although this doesn't always just happen as a parent. So it's just a great example. Uh, using so at session 42 question 20 using each using the teach learning relationship of a parent to its child what type of actions would demonstrate the activation of energy center in sequence from red through violet um, the entity child or adult as you call it is not an instrument to be played the appropriate teach learning device of a parent to child is the open-heartedness being of the parent and total acceptance of the beingness of the child. So acceptance of this person is another person and they have feelings and they have traumas and they have projections and they have joy and they have all these things that go with being a person just like you. This will encompass whatever material the child entity has brought into the life experience in this plane. So being allowed to to understand that they're a person and they have their own and their feelings are validated, you know, and emotions are validated and thoughts and things like that. There are two especially important things in this relationship other than the basic acceptance of the child by the parents. Okay. And again, this is not just the parenting, the other person, other self. Firstly, the experience of whatever means the parent uses to worship and give thanksgiving to the one infinite creator should be possible to be shared with the child upon child entity upon a daily basis, as you would say. So teaching them to be engaging in prayer or meditation um, or mindfulness, you know, throughout the day or at least once a day. Uh, secondly, the compassion of parent to child may well be 
tempered by the understanding that the child entity shall learn the base the biases of service to others or service to self from the parental other self. So we need to be the example. And then you just see us being the example. So they need experience. And if I take my children to, uh, you know, to a store, a grocery store, for example, and I'm seeing someone need help, you know, they're really struggling to get their groceries in the car. And it's, uh, uh, do I walk away or should I be an example for my children that being nice is the right thing to do? And we should at least offer the help. So, um I don't know how somebody would do it service to self. I guess just cuss them out and walk away. I don't know. But, you know, this is one reason that some discipline is appropriate for the teach learning. Yeah. This does not apply to the activation of any one energy center for each entity is unique. And each relationship with self and other self is doubly unique. The guidelines given are only general for this reason. I'm going to take a drink. Okay. And in this last paragraph, I tried to decide last night if I was going to be... Oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is a good one. Uh, so last one we'll go over for service to others. And I'm actually going to try to find that particular passage from Indigo Ray and Violet Ray if I can. So this is session 93, question 23. There are many, there may be said to be many aspects which another student might note. Oh, I'm sorry. Don is asking about the third card in this, which is actually the lovers. Uh, another student might note and ponder this image. However, it is the nature of teach learning to avoid trespass into the realms of learn teaching for the student. So this is kind of where free will comes in. You know, uh, you got, we do have to consider the free will of the other entity. Like, are we... Uh, uh, violating somebody else's free will by offering a teaching. So, uh, again, you know, in my own opinion, it's up to them if they want to accept it or not. Like, they don't, you know, and then we can say that we tried. Um, you know, uh, we are quite agreed to comment upon all observations that the student may make. We cannot speak any further than this for any student. We would add that it is expected that each student shall naturally have a unique experience of perception dealing with each image, as in the um, the archetypes that archetypical images that Rob is giving. Therefore, it is not expected that the questioner asked comprehensively. It is rather expected and accepted that the questioner will ask a more mighty of questions, which build up a series of concepts concerning each archetype which then offer to each succeeding student the opportunity for a more informed study of the archetypical mind. Okay, so this is where I was saying earlier with, you know, asking if someone comes to me for advice or 
just in any situation, really, this can be when you see somebody that's just not um, using their full potential. Ask question, ask their own question, ask questions to them, goodness, so that it kind of possibly prompts in their own mind, you know, access to these these archetypes in the mind, you know. Um, I and I I don't want to be the one that says, well, "What do you feel like is the right thing to do?" Well, you know, but. Maybe sometimes that is appropriate, you know, as far as, because that does give, kind of abide by the, the free will a little bit better. So, um, and I do feel like it's, you know, and then you can add, well, from my own experience, this and this and this. So, um, yeah, so interesting. And let me see if I can't find the one where I was, I was almost gonna go over the violet ray and then i feel like we've already done that but there was something in there that they did say you know um that you know that the indigo ring is it not necessarily the removal of the veil um let's see here It's just once we get to Violet Ray that we really take in, you see, they say here, it's the only consideration for four density positive and assessing the harvestable four density. Yeah, negative. It's right. Okay. I may or may not find it. See if you guys can read really, really quickly. Talking about, uh, you know, the, those just kind of watching over harvest. We have the angelic, which is the first level. And the, then the second, those are the confederation. And then we have the third group, which is the guardians. So, yeah. And all of this experience that we're going through now is for us to have the opportunity to express our violet ray selfhood so okay you know what i think It was here, maybe. We'll go through this. This is um, session 48, question 7, talking about harvest.
Okay, so I'll read here. The patterns of activation of an entity of high seniority will undoubtedly move with some rapidity to the green ray level, which is the springboard to primary blue. So they may already have a, um, a tendency to try to focus more, whether it's conscious or unconscious, but a tendency nonetheless to focus more in green ray level. And then once we kind of get a grasp on that, uh, then we, that, that's our springboard. And then we're, we're able to kind of, uh, work on expressing the blue ray. Uh, there is more, there was always some difficulty in penetrating blue primary energy for it requires, which your people have a great paucity, but that is honesty, right? I agree that it's a big problem with humanity. Um, blue ray is the ray of free communication with self and the other self. Having accepted that a harvestable or nearly harvestable entity will be working from this green ray springboard, one may then posit the experiences and the remainder of the incarnation will be focused upon activation of the primary blue ray of freely given communication of indigo ray, that of shared, freely shared intelligent energy and of possible moving through this gateway and then the penetration of violet ray intelligent infinity. This may be seen to be manifested by a sense of consecrate or hollowed nature of everyday creations and activities. So the way I see that is um, someone who just really makes their everyday life more enjoyable by recognizing that they're learning lessons and that they're also teaching lessons and finding one of those in each and every moment and being again more present with themselves each and every moment to make sure that they are doing the right thing with uh the way that the laws of the universe of creator are working so that wasn't what i was looking for but it was really interesting okay i may not find it healing here we go here we go I think this is it um, is there any uh, session 58 is there any advantage in attempting to develop these characteristics in being able to bend metal? What am I trying to say is that these characteristics are a signpost of the development of an entity or are they something else? Uh, as an entity develops through its indigo would be a signpost of his development of this bending. <clears throat> so raw answer is let us specific, specify the three spirals of light energy in which the pyramid exemplifies was talking about you know asking if um placing a pyramid shape on top of your head does this amplify the ability firstly the fundamental spiral which is used for study and healing second the spiral to the apex which is used by building thirdly spiral spreading from the apex which is used for energizing Contact with indigo ray need not necessarily show itself any certain gift or guidepost. 
there are some whose indigo energy is that a pure energy and is never and never is manifested. Yet all are aware of such entities' progress. Others may teach or share in many ways contact with intelligent energy. Others continue in unmanifested form, seeking intelligent infinity. So just because you have had uh, some work in the indigo, right, does not necessarily mean that you're going to express that. You can either express it physically by doing the, the bending metal stuff, or you keep seeking. You keep seeking intelligent infinity. You see, keep seeking the creator. And the, to me, that's just as much as a manifestation. But I see what they're saying. To be able to bring down that that intelligent energy and, and, and manipulate, um, you know, metal or, or other material objects. So, yeah. Um, yeah, here we go. Thus, the manifestation is a lesser signpost than that which is sensed or intuited about a mind-body-spirit complex. This violet ray beingness is far more indicative, uh, indicative of true self, the lesser signpost, which be the unmanifested form, which is the continuation of seeking. Okay. I still didn't find what I was looking for. <laughs> so that's okay. It may have to be a next time kind of thing, but um, it was really interesting. I, I will go over it again before we go, but I'll find it and either post it to here or Ascension Works and that, but because it's going to drive me nutty. Uh, in, in a sense, you know, John asked, you know, is, is the indigo ray removing of the veil? And, and Ryan answers kind of in an interesting way. They say, no, no, not really. You know, it's it's worked upon in a sense. But really that, that, that violet ray, the, the beingness of who you are, the sum of all the others and, you know, the manifestation of, of intelligent infinity is truly the removal of the veil. And, you know, an example of that would be Jesus Christ, you know. Um, he had no veil, it seems, or at least the character that's associated with him. Um, and really, I mean, that's all that, that's what I'm working for, you know, uh, as far as to give and to teach and be kind and loving, but also that being just that realization of one with creator, I am not separate from creator and I want to teach that into the world. So that, that really should be the goal, not performing miracles or, uh, although it's cool, but you know, it, the goal is to be kind and loving and teach creator, you know, um, and show others how to, to be the example of how others can get to that goal. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Um, let me make sure that this isn't it. Nope, that's not it. I'll post it. I'll find it. No, post it. Or, and then I can add it into next week as well. Um, but anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed today. Any questions, let me know. And if anyone ever has any suggestions of a certain session, of the law of one for me to discuss, uh, for me to research my own self. It does help me and then and it will help you as well. Let me know. I'm open to suggestions. I love doing these. It keeps me, um, it really keeps me 
in line with my own self. <laughs> so, so, and the best thing I can do is, I think, go through it with, with everyone so that, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll help you on your own inner work as well. So, all right, guys, until next week.